You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me, as always, is Pastor Mark Berkshire with uh, Meadow, Meadow Run Community Church in Ohio House. And uh, interesting topic this week, but before we get to that, um, even before we get to what we're preaching on, I'm sure folks who listened to the last podcast want to know, how did the pie in the face thing go uh, this past weekend? It went it went well. A young young man um, got to throw the pie in my face. He brought the most visitors, and he was very gentle, surprisingly, <laughs> at the point. I thought he was going to be real harsh, but he was very gentle, and, and uh, it, it went really well. Um, you can see it if you want to. Go view it on uh, Meadow Run uh, Community Church Facebook page. There's a video of it. Uh, me getting high in my face. So um, it, it was it was a good thing, though. And you were preaching on what that weekend that tied in, which will lead to what you're going to be preaching on this weekend. I have been doing a series called Rooted. And we talked the first week about being rooted in faith and where we need to have deep roots in our faith with Christ uh, before we can have roots anywhere else. And then last week I talked about being rooted in community and how we all need to be a part of a community. We all desire to be a part of a community, whether it's a family, whether it's others outside of the family, but we all need community in our lives and this week i'm going to be talking about being rooted in worship um when we're when we're rooted in our faith rooted in community worship is just another flowing root that grounds us and keeps us deeper into um our relationship with god so being being uh, rooted in worship is not just coming to a Sunday morning celebration, but it is a a time um, that we should it should be a lifestyle that we um, develop uh, being rooted in in worshiping God the Creator. Okay, and this week uh, we are continuing our series called the Prison Epistles. We're walking through the Book of Ephesians. And uh, last week we talked about salvation, and this week we are talking about sanctification, because the book of Ephesians is very spiritual, um, but it gives great explanations to salvation, sanctification, holy living, what those things look like. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're jumping into that, uh, which hopefully uh, will lead us into, as we go into this Season, which brings us to our topic, season of people being angry at one another for cultural things, for political stuff coming up, even the people that are going to hate on one another because of holidays, Halloween, Christmas, should you, how do you, all that kind of stuff. So uh, we're today talking about dealing with 
the attacks of the enemy, how Satan, not so much how, but the fact that Satan does indeed attack people. And um, Bree, who has been on the podcast, uh, I think it was a couple of months ago, earlier this year, uh, actually contacted you about one specific thing. I had a conversation with her about something totally different, but both of them uh, had this air of like, dealing with attacks to them. So why don't you go first and we'll tell her later that we were talking about her on the podcast, but she'll know it was in a positive way because she's our sister in Christ and we love her dearly. You know, I think it's important that we understand as soon as we make a decision to follow Christ, we are immediately put in the front line of a battle. And it's not a new battle. It's a battle that's been going on since Satan himself fell from heaven. It's a battle of good versus evil, Satan versus God, um, whatever you want to call it. But it's a battle that we've all been in and we all are in. And it's going to go on until Jesus comes back, riding on his horse, and wipes everything and makes everything new. So it's not something that we should be frightened about. It's not something that we should be worried about um, in the sense that it keeps us up at night about worrying about Satan's attacks. Because Jesus said, you know, the world's going to attack you. There's going to be troubles. There's going to be trials. There's going to be things that happen. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So the spiritual battles that happen, we need to learn to recognize when they come. And that's what Bree's call was to me. She called me one day and she said, hey, I need to talk. And I said, okay. So we talked for a little bit. And she said, I just want you to know I recognize that this situation she was in was a an attack from the enemy. It wasn't there. Two months prior to that, she would have never a few months prior to that, she would have never even thought about it. Um, so we need to learn to react to these things. And, and they come in all kinds of ways, shapes, and sizes. I mean, uh, it can come as spiritual attacks that's on our emotions, depression, anxiety, um, all of those things. Yes, they are physical things that happen to our bodies, but they can also be brought on by attacks from Satan, uh, money problems, uh, family problems, all can be things that can be attacked from Satan. Um, just blatant lies from someone or, or misconceptions that would lead to deceit or to um, discouragement. Uh, Lloyd was talking about one situation that he and Bree were going through is because somebody said the world was coming to an end and, and Christ was coming back at a certain time and you know, different things. So there's all kind of attacks that we can that Satan throws at because you know to be honest it's not a it's not a physical battle. Paul said it's it's a battle of principalities and things of the air. And um, so we, we can't fight this with our fists or with guns or with anything else. We, it's a battle of our minds. 
That's why Paul said in Romans 12, be transformed by your mind, the renewing of your mind. And that's a daily thing that we have to do. That was a long-winded introduction. No, no, that, that, that's good. Because uh, like you said, when Bree and I were messaging about something different because of the things that were going all over the internet and videos about the fact that someone or several people actually posted videos saying that the rapture was going to happen on September uh, 20th, um, which is coming on <laughs> and we're still here. So, uh, but her thing was that people, you know, um, good people who maybe don't know better who are Christians, but maybe don't have a lot of knowledge yet um, are seeing that and then thinking, okay, maybe Christianity is not false because they're seeing people uh, reported to be Christian leaders or who are making people think they're Christian leaders say things that don't come true. And then people, you know, who don't know any better are thinking, oh, well, maybe Christianity isn't true. And so that's another way that, like you said, through deceit and deception and lies, um, and that the Bible says over and over through false teachers um, that people are being led astray and led away uh, from the truth uh, of God's word. Um, and I think here's here's the other thing, though, and this is one of the problems that we have in the church, because with everything, we tend to put our personal upbringing and cultural experiences into what the word of God says and try to make the word of God meet that. So there are people on one end who say, yes, there's spiritual warfare. And that has to be, these are the people who like, I've had people tell me this, you know, you're not preaching about the Holy Spirit, so you're not preaching. I'm like, well, he isn't mentioned in this passage of scripture. And that's what I'm teaching about. So they're like, you got to talk about the Holy Spirit. It's nothing but spiritual warfare. Then you have people on the other end where like spiritual warfare doesn't exist. There's no such thing. And each of those extremes can lead people away because it is a real thing. And if you're not prepared, I mean, the Bible says over and over, and you know, I'll get to this when we get to it in Ephesians, where Paul talks about being prepared and putting on the full armor of God. And he even says, you know, it's not a physical battle, it's a spiritual battle. Uh, but at the same time, we can't just live, like you said, in that place of fear and we got to preach spiritual warfare and, and there's nothing but. So how do you how do you find the balance between those people who say, ah, that's not even a real thing, which is a lie from the enemy? Because if there's a God, even God says, and Jesus says, there's a very real enemy who he calls the prince of the air. He has like current world, I don't want to say domination, but authority and power. Um, and the people who say, you know, no such thing. And the people who say, this is the only thing you got to preach. How do you help find that balance for people? Like I said, it, 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 spiritual warfare, we, we tend to blame everything bad that happens to us on it's Satan's attack. And that's not biblical either. Not everything that happens to us happens because of Satan. Sometimes it's because of our own stupidity that some bad things happen to us. So I, I would say the number one thing we need to do is to, to, to learn about it, to recognize it, to draw that middle line, is to get into the word ourselves and see 
for ourselves what the Bible says about spiritual warfare and spiritual warfare. All right. So for the person who um for the person who's like, hey, spiritual warfare doesn't exist, that's an easy, I shouldn't say easy, because even looking that up uh is just digging into the word of God. We both know a lot of people don't read the Bible, but that's that's a plan for them to to let me look this up. Let me see what the Bible says. But for the person who's already believes that they're biblically knowledgeable, which is why they have this stance of everything is spiritual. You got, and I'm not hating on Pentecostals. I'm not hating on, you know, all those people who kind of lean more to a spiritual bent. But those people who think they're biblically knowledgeable, um, you know, and 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 they can't. I don't. I don't know those people. It's harder to say, "Hey, look at what the Bible says," because they're like, "I already looked at it. That's why I know we gotta, you know, we gotta. It's only the Holy Spirit. We got. I mean, they just they're full off the deep end, for lack of a better term. I may have to edit that out. That sounds kind of negative, but. I mean, you understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah. And and for them, I would say, you know, show me in the Bible where you're getting your answers from. Let me look at what you're looking at. Uh, give me verse, chapter and verse of where you're finding that so I can look it up and see. Nine times out of ten, those people who are so dogmatic about you have to have the Holy Spirit, every baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have to have this. They're not going to be able to show you chapter and verse, or they're going to show you a chapter and verse without a context of what it's supposed to be. Ding, 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 ding. I was just about to say that, that, yeah, they they either are not going to be able to show it to you, or they'll show you this one verse that somebody fed them and built a whole thing around so yeah yeah and, and that's another attack from the enemy because that's how the enemy works he, he works you know someone said and, and i read this recently the devil doesn't care that you go to church on sunday the devil doesn't care that you read your bible the devil doesn't even care that you pray when he starts to attack you is when you start getting involved in what you're reading. You start to get involved and serious about praying. You start to get involved and serious about going to church and being part of a community. And he sees that God is working in you. He is going to start to really up his game to try to discourage you and trip you up in any way. So I'm going to refer to this verse, and even though I'm not there yet in our teaching, because it's in Ephesians 6, I've been referring to it in our sermons because Paul makes it crystal clear in Ephesians chapter 6 that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Yeah. So it's not against the other Christians. It's not against the politicians. It's not against the people that don't think like us. It's not against the people that don't come to our congregations. It's against the rulers and authorities powers of this dark world and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms and people this is this is where some of the super spiritual people will say see we got to fight holy spirit but he goes on and they this is again taking the verses out of context he goes on he says put on the full armor of god 
so that when the day of evil comes, you'd be able to stand your ground. And he goes on and he says, and he lists out, you know, helmet of salvation, praying the spirit of all on all occasions. But he says that the enemy uses strategies against us so that we would be able to take a stand against the strategies. Satan's not stupid. So Satan's not going to attack you the same way he attacks or tempts me because we have different upbringings, different things. And James even says this in the book of James, that we're all tempted by different things. And Satan knows this. So uh, the way that he's going to attempt certain people is going to differ across the board. Um, and this is this is the thing that you would think we would know because, it, it, I mean, we're given this in God's word. So then we would be able to help defend against those. I mean, just like any military person, they're going to have a strategy before they attack, uh, a strategy for when the attack doesn't work, a strategy so that they can, hey, this isn't going to be, this may be a brutal attack, but we're in it for the long haul. Uh, so it's not like, oh, just like, I mean, the war in Ukraine, it's been going on for years. Everyone thought, oh, a month or two, this is going to be over. They're in it for the long haul. And so is Satan. He's in it for the long haul. And he's going to repeatedly over and over attack until, and this is what works on some Christians, he just wears them down. And to where they give up, give in to whatever the temptation is, or just say, you know what, I'm, I'm done with Christianity, which we see more and more people doing, which gets into a whole one save type conversation. That's for another thing. But a lot of people just falling away from the church, which the Bible also tells us is going to happen. Let me ask you, if, if if we give in to that temptation, where Satan's battling with us, if we lose that battle, have we lost the war? And I think this is going to get into that topic, but, but from what I understand of Scripture, here, here's what I understand, that we are going to lose some battles. Uh, Jesus, like you said, made it crystal clear. In this world, you are going to have trials. We're not in a perfect world. In this world, we're going to have things that frustrate us, things that anger us. In this world, we're going to have things that overcome us. Um, Jesus said that. I uh, can't remember if it's Peter or Paul. and I can't remember. Uh, well, let me, because I'm going to talk about this on Sunday. Paul went over and over with, here's what I went through. I've been beaten, stripped, whatever. Uh, you know, I've been shipwrecked. Uh, I've been, you know, put in prison, all of this stuff. So we're going to have trials. Uh, he also said, though, I've had this, and we don't know what it is, thorn in my side, which many theologians believe is some type of temptation or sinful thing that he couldn't overcome. Um, don't know if that's the whole understanding of it because he doesn't expound on it. Uh, but that doesn't stop us. Bible makes it crystal clear. We're going to fall or we're going to make mistakes. I fully expect someday to see King David in heaven. The same King David who murdered an innocent man so he could have his wife. Uh, I fully expect to see Solomon in heaven. The same Solomon who took Gave into temptation and took adultery to a whole new level with a literally a thousand women. Still expect to see him in heaven. So I don't think when we 
give in to that temptation or if we make a mistake that we're done that that we're kicked out of the class we no longer get to come we're 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 done god's like all right you tried you failed you're out i'm moving on to the next person i think when we submit to that temptation there's a difference between giving in having it overcome and we submit to that temptation and say okay i'm just going all into this temptation i don't care about God or anything else, I'm I'm just going to revel in it and join it, and I'm going to commit to this lifestyle in this temptation or sin, then God hasn't written us off. We have said we're done with God, that we're choosing this over God. Um, I think even then, if we, like the uh, prodigal son did, who did fully commit, he said, I'm done with dad. I'm committing to this lifestyle, which we're supposed to understand as opposed to the lifestyle of the father. I'm committing to this lifestyle of revelry and pleasure and whatever. But if we get to that point where even after we've committed to it and we say, you know what? Um, I, I want to repent. There may be consequences that we have to deal with. There may be, you know, stuff that we have to go through to make our way back. But I think the father will still accept us back. However, comma, and I believe this, and again, whole other conversation. If he had died, separated from the father, the way the story was being told, he would not have gotten an inheritance from the father by his own choice, not by the father's. Doesn't mean the father doesn't love him. And again, that's a theological concept we can discuss another day, but I think there are a lot of people, like you said, who feel like I've given into Satan's attacks, so I'm done. It's over. I've given into this temptation. I've given into this, and it's not. That's one of the lies and deceits that Satan wants you to think. Hey, you fell, so you cannot get up. Uh, hey, you made this mistake, so you God no longer loves you. Hey, you've done this wrong, so there's no coming back from this. You're worthless in the sight of God, and that's not true. Right, and, and that's the whole emphasis, I think, of Ephesians 6, is that that's why Paul wants us to realize, wants us to understand, we are in a spiritual battle. It's a battle for our minds, our hearts, and our souls. It's not a Flesh and blood battle. Um, does Satan use flesh and blood sometimes? You betcha. <laughs> you betcha he does. I mean, there's people that come against me that I know is coming from the enemy. And he sent them there just to irritate me. And some of those folks, believe it or not, may be other Christians. Exactly. Exactly. So... I think it's important that we understand we understand the whole concept of this spiritual battle that we're in. I mean, um, like playing the game of battleship, you know, you call out the numbers G4, you know, G7, you sunk my battleship. Well, sometimes our battleship gets sunk, but that doesn't mean the war is over. There's other battleships on the board that have to go through so understanding um i i think understanding 
spiritual warfare is the foundation of where we can really start to grow in our walk with the Lord. Um, you know, when we realize that Satan doesn't have the authority over us any longer, uh, when we, we become a child of God, the authority has changed. We are now under God's authority, and he's the one who controls it all. Um, I think it's uh, Matthew 28, 18 that says, we now have the privilege of um, of, of having an eternal relationship with God and that, you know, because of that eternal relationship with God, we are saved by grace, his grace, it's a covenant of grace, and Satan no longer has authority over us. That doesn't mean Satan no longer will try to distract us, keep us from doing what God has called us or purpose for us to do. So when it comes to spiritual warfare, I mean, like we said, there are practical ways. And like you said, there are things that the enemy will use to attack you, finances, sickness, health, all that stuff. But not every financial struggle is spiritual warfare. If you're spending way more than you make, that's not spiritual warfare. That's just bad math. But um, what are some things that we can do to help prepare us and equip us for spiritual warfare? What are some of the, and I know we're going to start with pray because, you know, <laughs> if you okay. have not met him, this is Mark and he is going to tell you to pray. So we're going to start with prayer. What are some other things? And even elaborate on that prayer. What are some other things that people can do to help prepare for spiritual warfare as a military person or not current military. When I was in the military, we spent a lot of time training because that was the best preparation so that when something happened, your reaction was natural. It wasn't like, what do I do? What do I do? What does the book say? How do I, uh, we did weapons training. We did drills. We did when I was in the communications field, we did constant communications, tests and training and missions. So, what what are some things people can do to help prepare for spiritual warfare? Well, first thing, as you said, is pray. But the second thing is stop trying and start training. We try too hard. We're always trying to do something. We're always trying to do our best. We're always trying to do something. And, that, and there's nothing wrong with trying. But at some point, you have to stop trying and start training. And how do you start training? You start by praying, asking God, first of all, come into your life and take over. Then you start getting into the Word of God. You start looking for um, examples of how Satan has tricked and 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 how he has um, how he has made war with people in the past. And you learn from those experiences. Um, and then once we get the training, we have to put it into action. We have to not just train. I mean, we can train for a football game all we want, but if we don't get out on the field and play, then we've just trained. So we have to, we have to put it into action. Um, and, and, and I've never seen, I've never seen a combat person, a person in battle, go up to an enemy and say, I'm too scared to fight. Here's my gun. Take it. Um, you're always prepared 
go into that battle. So we have to prepare our hearts to get into the battle with Satan. We do that again with prayer and, and the word. You cannot do anything in this life if you're walking the Christian walk without prayer and the word. Um, I, I can't stress that enough. Um, and, um, but, but prepare. Get a group of people around you that is a support system. When you see the enemy attacking, become a part of a community, a circle of, of influencers around you. And I'm not talking TikTok or YouTube influencers. I'm talking Bible influencers, people that know the word of God. I have several people who are interceders for me. I just call them and say, hey, I need your prayer. Floyd's one of them. I need you to pray for me right now. And I know he drops whatever he's doing and he says a little something of prayer for me at that time. There are things that we need, we can prepare ourselves. We can get people around us and, and we can be a part of that circle. Um, and, and that's very vital. We're not, we are not created to go through this life alone. You know, we, we're just not. When God created the earth, he created us for community, created us for each other. Uh, because if you look at, if you look at the Genesis if creation story, the first, you know, five days, everything was great. You know, he created the heavens and the earth. And he said, this is good. He created the animals. He said, this is good. He created the, the waters. He said, this is good. He created man and he says, uh, this isn't so good. He needs somebody with him. So he created the woman. Um, so we need to really understand that we're not in this battle by ourselves. That God has given us authority over Satan just as he has given yeah, just as Christ has given us authority, he has given us authority through Christ's blood to stand up against Satan and to say, Satan, you're not going to win this one. And I, I I, mean, I agree. I think one of the, the biggest mistakes that Christians make is not embracing the spiritual resources that God gives us. We're, we're now spiritual beings. We're human. We're flesh and blood. But we're filled with the Spirit of God, so we're now spiritual beings. So, like you said, and I, I, I said this in one of my sermons, you can't, you know, just like you don't bring a knife to a gunfight, you don't bring a gun to a spiritual fight. You use your spiritual resources, and one of the best spiritual resources we have, other than prayer, wholeheartedly, church needs to pray more, but also the Word of God, wholeheartedly, church needs to read the Word of God more. And then probably the third most important, most valuable asset that the body of Christ has is another Bible-believing, Spirit-filled Christian. And we tend to dismiss that except on Sunday morning. Um, and one of the things we learned in the military is, like you said, the buddy system, having a squad or a group of people or a buddy who you watch each other's backs and some of the most dangerous uh, teams 
uh, and, and, and missions that have been accomplished are by people and groups and teams who stuck together, who know each other inside and out, who have each other's backs. And it's not that they just have each other's back on the field, uh, when they're on the battlefield, when they're off the battlefield, when they're hanging out together, that's community. It's not just, Hey, I go to church with you on Sunday and every third week I see you in the grocery store community is we fellowship together. We spend time together. We're building that spiritual bond so that when something does happen um, uh, in the African-American culture, we call it a ride or die. Like, Hey, I'm going to be there for you no matter what, 100%. That should be the default in the church for Christians that I'm going to be there for you. And I, I get it. We have families. It takes time and, you know, but we are supposed to be there for one another. One of the greatest spiritual resources that we take for granted are the other Bible believing spirit filled people in our circles of influence who we can pray with, spend time with, do Bible studies with. And the ones who are growing the most and the ones who aren't getting attacked the most Satan will not, and this is just logic, Satan will not attack the biggest, baddest stronghold. That's why Satan isn't attacking God. He's attacking us. It's a battle between Satan and God. He's he's the enemy, you know, of, of, of God is the enemy of Satan, but he's not going after God because he can't defeat God. So he goes after those who he can defeat, who he can pick apart. And that's us. But the more spiritually um, knowledgeable we are, the more spiritually in tune we are as we pray together, spend time together and fellowship together, then he's going to be like, okay, that's a big stronghold that I can't get through. So let me turn my devices towards these other people that aren't reading their Bible, aren't spending time together, aren't praying with one another. And he's not even having to do a whole lot of work because we spend so much time tearing one another down. But he's like, I don't even have to do work with this congregation. I just have to sit back, eat my popcorn and watch them tear one another um, to pieces. So um, I think we have to, like you said, just spend more time exercising and building up our spiritual muscles, time in the word, time in prayer, time with one another. But I'm going to bring up a topic. I'm hesitant to bring it up, and we probably will not address it now. But whenever I look up spiritual, and I've had conversations in different groups of people about this, um, when you look up spiritual warfare, the topic comes up, demonic possession and exorcism. <laughs> I feel like we already did aliens, so maybe maybe next conversation we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this. Uh, um, but Quick, quick, not not a whole lot, but quick thoughts on, on that, because that is an actual aspect of spiritual warfare. And there are a contingent of people that say, and again, this is this is how I mean, they say, well, that doesn't happen today. So I don't have to worry about that. I will say demons are 100 percent real. There's no doubt about them. They're 100 percent real. They are on this earth today. I think it was when we were talking about aliens, I said that demons need a human or they need a living organism to live in. They can't just pop up and there's a demon. They need a living, living body to do that. Um, 
when you become a child of God, demons can no longer possess you. They can no longer get into you because the Holy Spirit's in us. Right. So on that note, uh, we're going to wind down and I am going to ask Mark to pray for us. But before I do that, I just want to remind folks, if you have not had the opportunity, uh, you can visit the Faith Responders Facebook page. Uh, you can comment on the posts that we make, share any topics or insights that you would like us to respond to. Uh, if you have things going on in the culture that you're like, hey, why aren't you guys talking about this? Or you guys definitely should be talking about this. Let us know. Uh, we respond to your messages. We take them seriously. We read them. Uh, or if you need prayer, feel free to contact us and we would be more than happy to pray for you uh, as well. But I'm going to ask Mark to pray for... Um, uh, we always pray for people, individuals, our communities, but I'm going to specifically ask, pray for the pastors because we come under a lot of spiritual warfare. Um, all Christians do, uh, you know, depending on where you are in your spiritual journey. But if you're leading a congregation and you're trying to do it in a God honoring way, then Satan is going to try to take you down, whether it be through your health, whether it be through your family, whether it be through your finances, whether it be through trying to tempt you to do something that is ungodly. Um, I just had somebody the other day, my wife and I were talking about this last night because I'm a part of a Christian men's Facebook group. There's like 30,000 people in this group. Uh, and I'm one of the admins and we pray for people, we encourage people, but we also say, hey, here are the rules. We don't tear one another down. That's not what Christian men are supposed to do. We lift one another up. Uh, if someone needs help, we'll be there for them. And there were some people who just did not want to do that. They were tearing one another down. And so I had to suspend them from the group because even though, and I said, hey, you're making great points. You just need to do it in a God-honoring way. There is a way to say that someone is wrong without trying to ridicule or demean them. We're here to build one another up. They didn't like that, so they went on our church page and just ranted about how I'm an ungodly pastor who uh, tries to kick people out and am not interested in trying to build people up and all this stuff. So um, people will come for pastors and they don't realize how much every little thing, not just in our lives, but in our congregations, chips away at the resolve of pastors to do the thing that God has called them to do. So pray for the pastors and, and all those who are dealing with spiritual warfare, but especially the pastors who are trying to lead God-honoring congregations. Father, once again, we thank you for this platform that we have become and you know, able to share our thoughts uh, about um, your word, about your promises. We thank you for your promises, Lord. We thank you that we're not in this alone, that we not only have each other, we have you to stand on and stand upon, and that you are the one that's holding us up. Lord, help us to recognize when Satan hurls his darts at us, Lord, uh, that we would be able to recognize the ones that are coming from him and the ones that are not. Um, Lord, we pray for 
uh, all those who may be facing spiritual battles right now, whether it be health and finances or family matters or whatever it is, Lord, that you would surround them and protect them and that they would recognize that they still have authority over their situation, that whatever Satan is trying to do, they have the authority through the blood of Jesus Christ to stand up against it. We pray for the pastors, especially right now, Lord. And we do ask that you would be with each pastor, Lord, that you would give um, him or her your your special protection as they are, are called by you, anointed by you, uh, and, and are set apart to do what you have called them to do. We ask that you would be with each and every one of them. And uh, we thank you for them, for, for their willingness to, to serve you. And we just ask that you would bless each and every one of them. Bless those who are listening to this, Lord, whenever they listen. And Lord, if there's anyone that needs to come to you as Lord and Savior of their life, we ask that you would allow them to be uh, prompted by your Holy Spirit to give their lives to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.